You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The views and opinions expressed by Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Uh, we had uh, 
Uh, LMC brought in for the New Year's Eve a special host, the one, the only, Dr. Love. And so Dr. Love was here, and I hope you enjoyed that show, and I'm glad to be back with you. Before we get any further into the show, I do want to take a few brief moments uh, to say that this last week or so we uh, had sad news. Uh, We lost Ron Martin Shank. He passed away, and Ron was an incredible individual. If you never got a chance to meet him or to read any of his works or to see him in person, you lost out. He was one of the best of the old-school psychic readers who ever lived. He was a fantastic bone reader. And in fact, if you have a copy or have read Throwing the Bones uh, by Catherine Ironwood, you will see that there is a mention of him uh, in the text of that book in several places. He was a true gentleman, and we are sorry to have lost him. And many condolences to his loved ones and great sympathy at the time of his loss. Also, I want to say that back in January 15th of 2014, uh, we lost our dear friend, uh, Eddie Gutierrez, Dr. E. And so I want to take a moment in remembrance of him as well. He was a, a fine friend, a staunch fellow, a fantastic leader, and his ethic and his strength were without question. Young lion, I still miss you. So, that being said, before we go further, I got to tell you, it's going to be a hot show tonight. There is going to be wig snatching. There is going to be hat burning. In fact, I may very well pull down the pillars of heaven this evening. I've got a lot to say, and it's all coming up in the pontification. But before we get to that, let's go over to the LMC newsroom, where I'm afraid I must tell you that no one's there. They're all out. They're all out on various uh, news stories, local news stories that are going on in and around uh, the area. We're looking forward to having some news-breaking stories from them next week. And so we have been gifted, and we are lucky, that our news this evening will be read by your friend and mine from the first and second. Second Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas, our own Miss Loretta Evans. So we're going to go over to her now, live. Hi, y'all. This is Miss Loretta Evans uh, reporting. Today is Thursday, January 7th, the seventh day of 2016. There are 72 days until spring begins and 359 days left in the year. Today and tomorrow are auspicious days to cut hair to slow growth, mow to slow growth, castrate farm animals, harvest, 
pick apples and pears, wean, quit smoking, and I highly advise that, potty train, perform demolition, oh my, wash wooden floors, wash windows, start a diet to lose weight, advertise to sell, buy a car, and kill plant pests. So this is a busy two days. The 8th will be a good planting day for root crops where climate permits. The 9th will be good for planting above-ground crops such as sweet corn, beans, and peppers in southern Florida, Texas, and California. Today's highlight in history comes to us from 1789 when America held its first presidential election as voters chose electors who, a month later, selected George Washington to be the nation's first chief executive. Also on this date, in 1610, astronomer Galileo began observing three of Jupiter's moons. He spotted a fourth moon almost a week later. In 1904, the Marconi International Marine Communication Company of London announced that the telegraphed letters CQD would serve as a maritime distress call. It was later replaced with the standardized SOS. In 1927, commercial transatlantic telephone service was inaugurated between New York and London. In 1949, George C. Marshall resigned as U.S. Secretary of State, and President Harry S. Truman chose Dean Ackleson to succeed him. In 1959, the United States recognized the new government of Cuba six days after Fidel Castro led the overthrow of Batista. In 1979, Vietnamese forces captured the Cambodian capital of Phnom Penh, overthrowing the Khmer Rouge government. And in 1999, for the the second time in history, an impeached American president went on trial before the Senate. President Bill Clinton faced charges of perjury and obstruction of justice. He was later acquitted. Today's birthday greetings go out to author Peter Blatley, who is 88. Magazine publisher Jan Wenner is 70. Singer Kenny Loggins is 68, a favorite of mine. Singer-songwriter Marshall Chapman is 67. Latin pop singer Juan Gabriel is 66. Actress Erin Gray is 60. Actor David Caruso is 60. Talk show host Katie Couric is 55. Actress Haley Todd, 54. Actor Nicholas Cage, 52. Actor Rex Lee, 47. Actress Lauren Cohen, 34. And actor Liam Aiken is 26. Our thought for the day comes from Golda Meir. Israeli Prime Minister, born 1898, died 1978, who said, One cannot and must not trust, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, one cannot and must not try to erase the past merely because it does not fit the present. This has been the news 
from the LMC Radio Newsroom. And we now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the lucky numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition, or even makes me suspicious. Table with thirteen dishes, it will make me That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay. Put my trust in you for dust. Cause you know someday may bring you a seven. Or maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, thank you, the eleven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Oh, yes, and you need not just trust in goofer dust as said by the nicholas brothers because we have the lucky numbers for you here each and every week and speaking of numbers we'd also like to add that air members deacon millette's birthday will be on the ninth of this month and professor ames will be on the 11th and we wish them a happy birthday in advance this week's Lucky Numbers comes to us, as always, from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not stop on by and take a look? And they are 15, 19, 33, 39, 40, and 47. Once again, those lucky numbers are 15, 19, 33, 39, 40, and 47. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 152. That's 152. 333. That's 333. And 497. That's 497. And I have to tell you that that 497 is particularly hot right now. The card of the week this week is the five of clubs, a job of work, a wealth of work. This is this upcoming week is dominated by work and projects. Now is the time to get all those projects you have put off started. This is also an excellent week for magic and to start up spells and spiritual work that take some minding too. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, remember where you get. And that being said, this week we want to take a brief moment to say a very big thank you to Ganella Beatty and Michael Robinson for remembering where they got Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, our one and only Miss Loretta pulling double duty tonight with Miss Loretta's cooking. Welcome once again, folks, to Cooking with Miss Loretta, where each and every week, Miss Loretta Evans of the first and second. Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas will give you helpful hints, tricks, and recipes 
in the kitchen. So, without further ado, here's Miss Loretta. Oh, thank you, Professor. Hi, all. This is Miss Loretta again. Oh, I'm just running around everywhere. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you an excellent, a very excellent recipe that was first published in Life magazine in 1953, and it is certainly a favorite of mine and my family's. This is Carnation Tuna Puffs. It makes four to five servings. And for this, you will need one cup of heavy carnation cream sauce, which I'm going to tell you how to make in just a minute. Two tablespoons of chopped parsley or green onions. Two tablespoons of lemon juice. One half a cup of fine bread crumbs. One cup which would be equivalent to a seven ounce can of tuna and shortening or oil for frying. First, you're going to make up your carnation cream sauce. To do this, you will combine two tablespoons of butter and three tablespoons of flour over low heat and then gradually add in one cup of undiluted carnation evaporated milk. Stir until thickened. Season to taste with salt and pepper, and then set to one side to cool. When it's cool, you'll combine the cream sauce with the parsley, lemon juice, one-fourth of the cup of breadcrumbs, and the tuna. Mix this together well and form it into two-inch patties or rolls and dip them in the remaining breadcrumbs. Then pan or deep fry the patties in hot shortening or oil until crisp and brown and then serve with chili sauce if you like. I hope you give this a try. It's an excellent, excellent little snack for afternoon lunches, or to go on the side of your dinner at evening time. And I hope you all, when you try it, will take a moment to appreciate carnation evaporated milk. Whichever your family situation demands, quality cooking or economy cooking, be sure to do that cooking with double-rich, heat-refined carnation evaporated milk. Cooking with carnation you enjoy results in flavor and consistency that no appetite can resist. Economies no food budget can afford to overlook. Use carnation just as it pours from the can for cream recipes. Add an equal amount of water for milk recipes. You'll cook better for less with carnation. The milk from contented cows. Thank you, Miss Loretta and the good people at Carnation Evaporated Milk. Up next, the professor's pontification. Tonight's topic is, it's easy to be hard if you just don't care. Thank you. 
and that was, of course, Easy to Be Hard, from the original soundtrack of Hair, written by Jerome Regani and Jim Rado, as well as all the music by Gout McDermott. Our name it and claim it for that goes to Gabrielle Swain and Christy Porterfield. They both got it. And you are quite correct. That was indeed also a big hit for Three Dog Night. Welcome to the Professor's Pontification. Got your wigs on tight? Put your hats away in fire safety boxes? Good. Let's get started. There are those that say that spiritual workers of all stripes, no matter what they may be involved with, should avoid the political arena. Now, this is said for a number of reasons. First and foremost, obviously, in America, we have a situation where churches enjoy a tax-free status, and yet they do not seem to mind putting their noses and fingers under that protection into the political circle. And certainly there are abuses of it when we have people who, from a pulpit, uh, tell their parishioners how they should vote, or go so far as to dare tell people if they support a particular cause, a particular candidate, a particular proposition, that they will go to hell, be punished by a divine power, or go so much further to even say that they will no longer be able to receive spiritual benefit, communion, blessing, you name it. That is not what I am meaning here. I mean quite specifically that there are a number of people who say that people who practice hoodoo, people who are involved in the ATRs, people that are involved in paganism, who are spiritual workers, who are magical workers, need to keep their big mouths shut when it comes to matters of politics when it comes to social injustice, when it comes to things that are going on around us. I am not going to be so bold as to step up to the plate and speak for any other tradition. I'm not going to tell you what a Palero should or shouldn't do. I'm not going to tell you what a Mambo should or shouldn't do. I'm not going to tell you what a Santero should or shouldn't do or someone involved in Ifa, or Lokome, or Kimbanda. That is not, never has been, probably never will be. What they do is their own internal matters within their tradition. So I'm not going to speak on it. I, on the other hand, am a conjure doctor, a root worker, and a practitioner of hoodoo. And I'm about to speak on that. When you say that 
Those who practice hoodoo need to keep their damn mouths shut about politics and social injustice and things that are going on in the world. You clearly have no damn understanding of hoodoo. You don't know where it came from. You don't know who made it. You don't know who used it. You don't know who needed it. And you don't know what they dealt with. You don't know the history of it, and you've probably never looked too deep, too hard into any of the work that is done in hoodoo. If hoodoo need to keep its damn mouth shut about that, why do we have works for it? Why do we do court case work? Why do we have protection to keep the law away? Why do we have justice altars? Why do we remember those ancestors and those who came before us, who perhaps are not directly related to us by blood, who fought so hard, who tried so hard, because it's a part and parcel of it. You see, hoodoo has always existed for the common person in the common circumstances. And if you think that tonight's pontification is going to roll all over hill and dale, Heath and Valley, you are correct, because I got a lot to say. When we start limiting voices, when we start saying you need to shut up, you need to be quiet, you need to not be involved in that, and you need to do this, that, and other thing, we start down the passage of foolishness. We go on a journey of foolishness. This is a part of our work, and it matters. And it matters right now, today, while I'm speaking, as much as it ever has mattered. Do not fool yourselves into believing that we live in some blessed golden age, that there is peace and prosperity for all. That's just not true. We got a lot of problems. We have problems to the left, to the right, and in the damn center. We have problems with the police. We have serious problems with the police in this country. I don't even know where to begin to tell you about the serious problems we have with police in this country if you are unaware. All I can say to you, if you are unaware of the fact that there are problems in this country with police, is God bless and keep you that whatever little life you're living doesn't come anywhere near it, because the rest of us are dealing with it. We've got police acting as judge, jury, and ex-goddamn-cutioner on the street corner, the side of the street, and everywhere the hell else. You know, if you'd like a little bit of an education about that, why don't you tune in on Tuesdays and listen to In the Streets with Beverly Smith. She covers it better than I ever could. But let me tell you one thing. You're only going to be able to listen so long and your stomach starts to not. Okay? That is the truth. 
we have that problem. We have problems right now, again, more so than ever, with the land being poisoned, the water being made toxic, and the air being fouled. We've got problems with what's happening to our food, to our animals, to our children. We've got problems in this country with guns. Oh, no, he didn't just say that, did he? Oh, Lord, he didn't just say that live on the Now You Know show, did he? Oh, hell, yes, he did. And he's got something else to say about it. I am a born and raised Texan. I own guns. Okay? That's a truth. And I'm telling you we got problems with guns. It's out of damn control. We do not have proper care being shown about firearms in this goddamn country. Do not even come up on me with that Second Amendment. Because when you did, I'm going to tell you right to your face that every other amendment, every other right that you enjoy in this country comes under tort law. That means that there are modifiers to your blessed rights. You can't run in to that great metaphorical theater and start screaming about that old chestnut fire. Because if you do, you have gone outside of the bounds of your free speech. There are limitations because rights and privileges come with responsibilities. You drive a car, don't you? You got to get a license, don't you? You got to have a driver's license, don't you? Pay insurance liability on it, don't you? Has to be inspected, doesn't it? That doesn't mean anybody's coming for your goddamn cars. That doesn't mean someone's trying to keep you from exercising your right to freely cross state boundaries, as one example. But we foolishly think that such sensible, reasonable, almost juvenile paths being expressed to guns means, oh, it's the end of the world. I have sat for almost eight years now, seven, <clears throat> and listened to my president. My president, that's right, my president, your president, I don't care if you voted for him or not, your president, be called everything in the book. I have seen racism, nastiness, dishonor, and outright treason expressed against my president like I have never seen in my life, I have never heard of in the lives of my elders. Some people will tell you that it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he's African-American. I beg to fucking differ. Now, right about now, because I locked the door before I started this so the kid couldn't get in here with his lollipop, he'd be saying, what does that have to do with hoodoo? It has everything to do with hoodoo. Everything. Hoodoo's not just some cute little 
bit of magic made by some down homesy people down there in the south. Oh, they're so wonderful and authentic. They're so woodsy. They're so old-fashioned. I just love it because it's so simple, and they use everything out of the kitchen. It's just so great. Take that Moonlight and Magnolias bullshit and get away from me with it. These were people living, breathing, thinking, feeling people who lived in very harsh circumstances. I'm not just talking about slavery here. You think after the Emancipation Proclamation it all just went away? What about the Knight Riders? What about having to give a white man the wall when you were walking down the street? What about segregation? What about unemployment? What about couldn't get a fair shot in a courtroom because uh, you were there uh, amongst your peers? Yeah, except they were all white and you were black. No, 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 no. What about the lynchings? What about the hangings? What about the midnight disappearances? Hoodoo grew up in that. It expanded out. It went all through this country. It didn't stay in the South. It went up to Baltimore, Washington, Chicago, New York. Went out across the plains and the mountains. Found its way to California, to Oakland, to San Francisco, to Los Angeles. It grew and it expanded. And it addressed the needs of those who practiced it. This isn't some little thing you can just come in and take now. Oh, Professor Porter said you're going all over the map. Yeah, I'm going all over the map, but if you follow me, you'll realize it's one trip. Yeah, but haven't you said all this stuff before? Apparently, I haven't said it enough. So, second verse, same as the first. You have to understand that hoodoo is a part of a community. Always has been. Has always been centered on the community and the individuals within the community. And you have to understand that the community does not exist in a vacuum. It exists within the world. It exists within the context of politics, social reform, economics, the environment, on and on and on and on. It exists within the framework of the big business of cotton, tobacco, and sugar, and the lives that were taken. It exists within the framework of cheap labor. It exists within the frameworks of whole damn towns in Texas being picked up and moving of their own free will to California to work in the munitions and the aircraft plants because it's a better goddamn life out there. It exists within the framework of having to find your own justice sometimes. So when you say, oh, all these Hoodoo people, they need to shut their mouths about that, all you're showing is that you don't understand Hoodoo. It must exist within that framework. It is not just a book of tricks, a little pamphlet of spells 
for you to take and disassemble, to strip, to move away from what it's a part of. Can you do that? Sure, you can do that. You can do that. You can do that anytime you want. This America, I can't stop you. They know hoodoo police. I ain't trying to be the hoodoo police. What I'm trying to do is what I promised you I would do when I started this show, to tell you how it was and how it is, to help school you so no one can fool you. But wait a minute, Professor Porterfield. A lot of this work has to do with love, and love isn't within the social context. Love isn't a part of politics. Love is just love. Really? Really? Love exists outside of that. Well, why don't you go out after the end of the show and go look up the miscegenation laws? Why don't you go and see how they relate to the current situation we have with gay, lesbian, etc., people being able to marry. Then you come on back here, sit down with me, and tell me how love doesn't on that realm, that love is just love, that love can't ever be affected by that. Really. There were laws in this country that said black people could marry white people, white people couldn't marry oriental people, Asian people. Asian people couldn't marry Turkish people. Turkish people couldn't marry this person. Jews couldn't marry that person. On and 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 on. There were laws in this country about the status of children born in love, whether they were white or black or brown or other. Sometimes on the basis of one drop, one drop of blood, we got the same thing today. Now we have it with the homosexual community. Oh, but that's all been taken care of. The Supreme Court ruled, and now that's right. That's why the Supreme Court Justice of Alabama this week said, no, 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 we shall not. Johnny Reb down there in Alabama said, to hell with the Supreme Court. Now, he's done it before. He's well known for it. How he has remained in his position is beyond me, but apparently people down there like it. So, no, love does not just exist outside of this. If you go and you look at your hoodoo and you study hard and you talk to your elders, you will find out, oh, you want to do that trick? Who are you doing that trick for? White boy? Oh, you do, use white piece of paper. You use white sugar. You use this. You use that. Who? Oh, oh, oh black gentleman? Oh, no, no, no. You use, you use uh, a piece of paper like a from paper bag, from him, you use brown sugar, okay? Why do those exist? Stop and think about it for a minute. Stop and think about it for a minute. Why does it even exist? Why is there any sort of, why wouldn't you just use piece of paper? Because people are trying to have interracial relationships because people are working for different sorts of clients. 
You have African-American workers who are working for white people. You have white workers who are working for African-American people. Why do you think you have black and white soap? Why don't you go look it up? Study it. So no, love, love does not just exist outside of the social framework. Well, but Professor Porterfield, a lot of this is about money, money and gambling, and you know, just have a little extra luck. I'm hoping to use your numbers on the Powerball. <laughs> What's that got to do with any of it? You gotta be kidding me, sucker! Really? Maybe you need to go and go back and study up boss fix. An essence of bendover. A lot of these old things were used in floor washes that you wash the floor to influence the employer. Who the hell was washing the floor? What do you think's going on there? Seriously, stop a minute and goddamn think. Yeah, by day so-and-so was the accountant, and then at night he washed the floor. No. The floor is washed by the people who wash the floor. And who were they? And they're putting things into the floor wash to affect the employer, the boss. Okay? You see what I'm trying to say to you? None of this exists outside of the framework. None of this can be separated out. A lot of people want to take hoodoo and they want to treat it like an apple. And what they want to do is they want to take the skin off the apple, but they don't want to cut into it. See, they just want it to magically come off. You know, I guess they'll boil it in water and just slide off. They don't want to deal with the outer skin. They just want to get to the meat. They don't want to deal with the history. They just want to get to where it was. And where have we gotten in our society nowadays because of it? Well, we have an African-American president. God bless. Didn't think that would happen. There it is. Two terms. And whether you like him or not, just look at the numbers, kiddies. Been an excellent president. Well, now, wait a minute, Professor Porterfield. Are you really supposed to get up here and say that about Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. I'm sorry. He's been an excellent president. That's just the way it is. Those are base numbers. You can debate opinions until the cows come home, but you can't change facts. You can't change numbers. It's just true. And that African-American president has been treated in ways I, I can't believe a president has been treated. You got Donald Trump, Herr Trump, running for president of the United States of America. And you got the people in his crowds beating the shit out of people who disagree with him. That's the level of conversation that we have nowadays. Beating them. Beating them up, kicking them, dragging them out, harassing them. You know. Listen, man, you don't have to tell me. I know what the writing is on the wall. You know? I get it. They can play any goddamn song they want on Inauguration Day for President Trump. I'm going to be at home humming Deutschland du Borales. 
That's who that asshole is. Now, is he actually a Nazi Nazi? You know, a swastika wearing black and gold Hugo Boss design suit wearing Nazi? No. He's a bully and he's a thug. To quote Mr. Wirt, to paraphrase Mr. Churchill, Donald Trump and his vicious collection of gangsters. That's who they are. And it's happened. We have police killing people in the streets. And they're killing more African-American people than they're killing white people. We've got, we've got armed yahoos. I mean, like, guys, listen, man, I was raised in the goddamn country. I mean, country, country, okay? Not quite as country as where my wife was raised, but, you know, they didn't have, like, telephones and shit where she was raised. And I got to tell you, man, these guys in Oregon, they too country for me. Armed to the teeth. Armed to the teeth. In the camouflage with the patches and their automatic and semi-automatic shit, taking over federal land, federal institutions, federal buildings, just sashaying the fuck in there and taking care of you. Hey, here we go. Yeah, really. And what's the response been? Well, we're going to hold off and see. We don't want to accelerate. Uh, We don't want to exacerbate. We don't want to really. Because when the Black Panthers walked into the state house, in Sacra-fucking-Mento, you guys lost no time. When the Native American movement took over Alcatraz, I don't remember it being a, well, let's just... When Move got bombed in the blocks of Chicago and was set on fire, I don't remember you... I just, I don't remember that. I don't remember the, well, we don't want to uh, have another, uh, you know, we want to stop and analyze the uh, situation. And we're going to uh, very carefully... Really? But what has that got to do with hoodoo? What it's got to do with hoodoo is this. This is the point I'm making. Do not say times have changed. Times have changed. We can now take hoodoo as a little spell book to use for whatever we want. We don't need to see it in that social context anymore. No, you're wrong. Times have not changed, and it's still needed. Let me tell you an ugly truth. I want to tell you an ugly truth. This, this is ugly. I mean, I don't, I don't even like this, and it, uh, and it happens in my life, okay? It's a part of my business. I don't like it, and yet there it the fuck is. Let me tell you what happens in politics reflective to a hoodoo business. At the end of this year, if a Republican is voted for, some guy that wants to cut out all the benefits, you know, get rid of all the thing, you know, make all of them lazy, non-productive people go away, okay? Let me tell you what that's going to do to my hoodoo business. My phone's been ringing on the hook. I'm going to be working 24-7, seven days a week, four weeks a month. 12 months a year. Don't tell me that this doesn't relate. When times are hard, all of a sudden I got clients. So you would think 
therefore, that I'd want times to be hard. No, fuck that. You know what I'd love? What I would love is to be driven out of business by prosperity and peace. That's what I would love. I would love to be driven out of business by prosperity and peace. But I'm not. But I'm not. Because when times are tough, people turn. So now you cannot say to me, as a working professional in this business, that, well, it exists in a vacuum. It's not a part of, you know, you need to keep quiet about all this social justice bullshit, all this politics bullshit. They, they just don't interrelate there. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, if it had something to do with that, Mary, then, 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 then you know, there'd be a history of it. There is a history of it. It does exist. You can see it every day, every way. You can go to any hoodoo seller, anybody that makes oils, powders, etc., and ask them what you know, uh, what was selling the best at what point, and go back and dig up old newspapers, and guess what you're going to find? You're going to find correlation. It's not going to be some terrible, huge thing, but it exists. Easy to be hard. It's easy to not care. It's easy to just say, no, no, I'm going to keep my nose clean and I'm not going to make a stand. Because if I make a stand, then I might not get some customers. If you stand for nothing, you never stand. Okay? You got to pick out what you stand in life. People have said to me, hey, you know, if you get on the air and you say this kind of stuff, Professor Porterfield, you know, there are a lot of like hardcore right wing evangelical Republican uh, Tea Party people who won't come to you for work. Good. I don't want their money. Good. Let them keep their money. God bless them. Let them spend their money on their kids, do whatever. No, 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 I don't want their money. I would rather be poor and not have their money than have to lick their fingers. Why should I, as a practitioner, be something I am not? And that's what I'm trying to get across to you tonight. Do not go into that place. Stand for something, who you are. Realize that hoodoo exists in the context of the world, that it reaches out to the four corners of the world, that that's always been said, that you have to stand up and do what's right, that you have to be somebody and not just let the great wave wash you over. And again, I'm not talking about, oh, you got to do curse work. Oh, you got to do this curse. You got to do that curse. No, you can aid other ways. You don't have to just knock down the big targets. You can aid the little people who are fighting. You know, I'm very proud to be able to tell you tonight that at the 2016 Hoodoo Heritage Festival, we're going to be having a panel discussion about spell work, 
magic, etc., involves in social justice. And we're going to have some heavy hitters there, people. I mean, we're going to have some potent people who are involved in both those worlds, talking, sharing knowledge. They're going to be up there, a panel of them. I could not be prouder to be associated with it. I'm, I mean, I'm chomping at the bit to get there. I'm just looking at the, the calendar like, oh, January, damn, I still have to wait till, you know. This has to happen. We have to be mindful of this. Now, that, of course, is an opinion. And as you know, I generally try to stray away from opinions and stick to facts. So let me just come back to facts real quick. No, you don't have to do any of this. You can go. You can take hoodoo. You can play pretend that it was made up by anybody in the world. Appalachian, French, Irish people who came over on one boat from Nova Scotia carrying the three mystic mirrors that were painted black. That allow you, you can do whatever you want. You can open your business and you can sell anything you want. As a customer, you can go to anybody you want. You're free to do that. But please, if you do that, don't stand up and use the words authentic, traditional, genuine. Okay? Because it's not. You've you've invented something else. You've invented something else. And that being said, I want to take a brief moment to say something to some of the witchcraft community uh, that I have recently become aware of, who is starting to integrate. See, what a nice word. He didn't use the word he wanted. Integrate hoodoo into their witchcraft. Those of you who are calling yourself witch dudes unironically, you really need to stop doing that. Uh, in case you didn't know, We've been making fun of you by calling you Wickadoos for a while, and you don't seem very well-placed when you actually call yourself that. Now, that being said, thank you for actually not calling yourselves hoodooists. I actually really appreciate that. And so to sum up, to sum up this, I will say this. Hoodoo exists within its framework in the world. It does touch and is touched by the world of politics, by the social world, by what is going on in the streets. It always has. I hope it always will. And if we could all come together on that, if we could all just bend our backs a little bit and work together to help all those ills, if we could all stand firm and demand of hoodoo practitioners that they acknowledge the source and they acknowledge those people, those African-American people who are the mothers and fathers, the grandmothers and grandfathers, the aunts and uncles of hoodoo. And we could keep that firmly in our minds. Then I guarantee you that our work, oh, it would be like it would be like church on early morning. It would be as easy as Sunday morning. 
a big stone and I bother Yeah chat room. You know, if you're a guest, 
at the Now You Know show, why not take a few moments and make yourself a Blog Talk Radio account? It doesn't cost you any money. You can have a neat little nickname, and then you too can play along in the Name It and Claim It, as well as talk, make comments, ask questions, etc. Right now, what we've had in the chat room is this just, 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 just the, from the very jaws. It's been snatched. No one gets the full cookie. No one. No one gets the full cookie. Because the song is, in fact, easy like Sunday morning. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is like name that tune. It's easy like Sunday morning. Sorry, Gabrielle Swain. It was easy like Sunday morning. And, but, partial credit, Gabrielle Swain, the lead singer, is in fact Lionel Richie, but it's when he's with the Commodores. So it's easy like Sunday morning by the Commodores. Oh, well, we'll have another song a little later on. Better watch out, because Miss Cat's going to get you on this next one. But, you know, it was a good song, and Lionel Richie and the Commodores were just doing what I was doing during the pontification and what all of us here on the LMC radio network are always trying to do, and that's just send out a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all! It's the LMC Radio Network, in the vanguard! The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, hosted by Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30. Candela's Corner, starring Candela Cambisa, Mondays 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour, hosted by John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kyra Mond, Wednesdays 5 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. And online at luckymojo.com. Thank you, Troll Towelhead, Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network for that update of our shows each and every week and i have an announcement to make oh yes oh yes i do as dr love would say lean right into the speakers and listen up my most patient patients coming in february there will be an expansion to the lmc radio network bringing us to one show for every day of the week. That's right, kiddies. We're about to fill the Friday slot, plus the return on Saturdays of Andrea Weston and Liquid Libations. She has been sorely missed. So hang on tight, kids. This ride is just getting better. 
Before we move on, we're going to take a brief moment, though, to go over to the studio where our own Johnny. That's right. Tonight, Johnny's here. You know why Johnny is just right here, no pun intended? You know why he's Johnny on the spot? Because Miss Loretta is actually making the tuna puffs in the rec room called the bullpen and she's actually out there right now with an electric skillet frying them up so you know tuna fish johnny's going to be here so we gave him a little double duty ladies and gentlemen here from a word from our sponsors our good friend here at lmc johnny hi thank you there professor porterfield hey folks it's me johnny how you doing yeah listen I'm here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Listen, did you know that Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop and a real magical store that you can visit? It's true. I've been there. They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including occult oils, incense, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and spell kits for those who cast magic spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells in the African-American hoodoo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions. Who am I talking about? Why well, I'm talking about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, a 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. you got to get out there and visit them. Listen, bring your kids. They'll love to see the train set. It's amazing. I could watch it for hours. They got all the little trains. They got a circus train. They got all the little people. They've got things on the train set that are actually there at the store. There's a little church there. There's a little labyrinth. It's amazing. Your kids and you will love it. And then after you've enjoyed that, why not take a few moments of quiet prayer in the world's smallest church. That's the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, right there on the grounds of Lucky Mojo. And then when you're finished, walk on into the store and browse through the aisles and see thousands upon thousands of items from all around the world. Where? At 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. But if you can't get there, don't worry about it. I couldn't get there for a long time myself. You can visit them online at LuckyMojo.com and look at their amazing and fabulous and beautiful online catalog. It carries everything that they carry at this store in the convenience of your own home. So once again, that's the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com. And hey, when you go there, I'll just you. Okay, thanks, Johnny. He's excited today. It's the tuna. It does it to him. Well, friends, up next, a little something I like to call... Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery. That's right, the Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery. Tonight, we're going to be talking about which Bible. Which Bible should you use? Which Bible is right for you and is right for your practice and your work? I guarantee you, no matter what Bible you pick, just make sure that it at least has the book of Job in it. 
I'm on my way. Yes, I'm on my way to the kingdom. To the kingdom. I'm on my way. Yes, I'm on my way to the kingdom. To the kingdom. But you don't go. And if you don't go, I journey on. I journey on. I'm on my way. Lord, Lord, I'm on my way. Lord, you know Job was the richest man that lived in the land of Nod. He was the only man above miles around that kept the commandments of God. Well, the devil he got jealous of Job and came to God one day. Said if you move your hand from around the man, he's gonna curse you to your face. He says nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Turn him around. Nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Turn him around. Because it's unsigned up. Because it's unsigned up. Made up his mind. Made up his mind. He's on his way. Lord, Lord, he's on his way. Lord. Then the devil laid his fingers on Job, and Job fell down right away. Well, he got in the bed, flicked the children, the sword from his head to his feet. Old Job's friends started leaving him and over from one to five. They said, Job, he's sick and he won't get well. I believe he's going to die. He said, I'm on my way. I'm on my way to the kingdom. I'm on my way. Yes, I'm on my way to the kingdom. I'm on my way to the kingdom. But you don't go. And if you don't go, I journey on. I journey on. I'm on my way. We go. I'm on my way. Lord. Then old Joe's wife she came trucking to him with the devil right in her eyes. She says, "Fool, you're sick and you won't get well. You better curse your God and die." Old Joe looked right, straight at the woman, then he looked up in the sky. He said, "Woman, you talk like the foolish." Well, you don't sound like the wise. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. That'll turn me around. Lord, do turn me around. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Lord, do turn me around. Lord, do turn me around. Well, I done signed up. Because I done signed up. I made up my mind. I made up my mind. I'm on my way. Lord, Lord, I'm on my way. Lord. Then old Joe's servants came running to him, saying, Joe, I got something to say. You know, the fire done come from him last night and carried Joe's cattle away. Old Joe looked right straight at the man and said, I don't have anything to say. Call the Lord and God in the heaven will give it. And the Lord God take it away. I'm on my way. Yes, I'm on my way to the kingdom. To the kingdom. I'm on my way. Yes, I'm on my way to the kingdom. To the kingdom. If you don't go, if you don't go, I'll journey on. I'll journey on. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Wow, out of nowhere, folks, swept in to seize one half of a cookie in her sharpened knitting needles, our own Miss McHale, my good friend and co-author of Hoodoo Bible Magic. Yes, you are correct. That is the Golden Gate Quartet. Very good. Bravo. And, as far as the song, that is the story of Job. So, there you go. Wow, it's, it's, it's a hot competition tonight. Uh, how did I know you were knitting, darling? You're always knitting. So, tonight we're going to be talking about which, not which, <laughs> no, which, which one, which Bible. A very popular question that I get asked is, is it important that I use this particular Bible, that particular Bible, etc.? So tonight we're going to discuss that. And it's a rather complex issue, a little more complex than you might think. First of all, let us discuss the Bible. When we are talking about the Bible, 
in hoodoo. And that's important because we're not just talking about the Bible. We're talking about the Bible in hoodoo. We are primarily talking about the Old and New Testaments put together. I can tell you that there are numerous translations of the Bible. I mean more than you can shake a stick at. There are translations of the Bible in Old English, in Middle English, and in Modern English in terms of English translations. I can also tell you that there is a great debate about style of translation. Formal equivalents, dynamic equivalents, how it should be interpreted, personal equivalents, which is this, which is that, what, how the words should be done. There are individual translations, and there are alternative translations. There are single-source translations, such as the Comprehensive New Testament, or a Comparative Psalter, or uh, R.A. Knox's translations of the Vulgate. These are all examples of single-source translations. There are, of course, Jewish-English Bible translations, which primarily only deal with the Tanakh, with the Old Testament, as well as uh, the Nevi'im and the Ketuvim. And so there are many, many, many translations of, quote, the Bible. But I can tell you that in terms of popularity, a study published just back in 2014, not that long ago, found that the most popular version of the Bible read was the King James Version of the Bible. 55% of all people surveyed said that they used the King James Version of the Bible. This was then followed by the New International Version, other translations, the New Revised Standard Version, the New American Bible, and the Living Bible. Those are the top five. King James, New International, New Revised Standard, New American, and Living. I want to take a brief moment to tell you that when I was a child, I would avoid the amplified translations of the Bible uh, because I thought that they were electric and that they might harm me. I thought that because they were amplified, obviously they probably carried an electric charge, and I knew that electricity grounded when you touched it, so I wouldn't go near them. When we come to this issue about which Bible should I use? Well, you know, I don't really like that word should. This exists on two planes. All right. There is personal choice, what calls to you, what speaks to you. And then there is tradition. And let's try to address both of these for a moment, if we will. The choice of a Bible for an individual is very much about who you are and where you come from. Very much about the culture that you come out of and about your own family. And 
those things are very real. They involve living people. If you're not coming out of an African-American tradition or a Southern tradition, then or culture or family, you may have a different Bible that you were brought up with or that you know about. And that's fine. You see, on one hand, you need and want to use something that you feel something for, that has meaning to you. As I said earlier, there's no hoodoo police. There's no hoodoo pope. We are not an initiatic tradition. And because of that, there really isn't a laity. There really isn't a, this is the way it must be said, etc., etc., etc. If you don't, you're doing wrong. No, you need to use something that speaks from your heart. And if the Bible you have been brought up with potency and power, emotion and calling to you, if that's what brings you closer to spirit and to God, who am I? Who am I to say you're using the wrong Bible? That's ludicrous. And more importantly, it's insulting. Now that all being said, and isn't that wonderful and warm and nice? Okay, good. Wonderful and warm and nice. Now let's put that aside for a minute. That being said, if you want to understand certain things about hoodoo and its use of the Bible, you're probably going to want to go and start using or digging into or reading the King James Version of the Bible if it was not already the version of the Bible that you used. Why? Well, first of all, it was the Bible primarily used in black churches. It was primarily the version of the Bible used by those who practiced hoodoo. And before anybody rears up on their hind legs, you can save your discussion and your discourse about how they didn't really use the Bible, and it's the slave master's thing, and it's oppressive, and it's harmful— Go talk about it with somebody else, because every elder I've ever spoken to would have thought you were a damn fool, and probably under the power of Satan for having said that. The King James Version of the Bible has a pretty bad rap because a lot of people have abused it, <laughs> including King James. But you must understand that the vocabulary the structure, the poetics of the King James Bible have worked very hard to resemble the Hebrew original. There are a lot of places in it that seem strange even because the King James Version of the Bible has sought at its time of its creation to work within the overall structure the cadence, the poetic, and the vocabulary of the Hebrew original. It is different ordered, I can tell you that, etc., etc. There are differences, 
are differences. But there was an attempt for closeness there. And so now you have these two facts. A, that it is a pretty damn good version of the Tanakh, of the original Hebrew text. And even more importantly, that it was the Bible that was being used by those who practiced hoodoo and the African-American church. Now that's terribly important. That is terribly important because if you come to something, let us for a moment say that you hear from an elder, an older worker, or find written down, etc., that someone says, well, you should use this piece of the Bible for this particular work. And you're not using the King James Version of the Bible, all right? You're using some other version of the Bible. And you go to it, and you read it, and it doesn't make any sense. Why would you use that? It's probably because you're not using the King James. Let me give you an example. There is an old piece of work that uses Ephesians 6.1. Ephesians 6.1 used to help control disobedient children. All right? Now, here's one version of the Bible, the Weymouth New Testament. It says, children, be obedient to your parents as a Christian duty, for it is a duty. Okay. Young's literal translation says, the children, exclamation point, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is righteous. All right. The God's word translation says, children, obey your parents because you are Christians. This is the right thing to do. But what does King James say, which is where this work would have come out of? King James says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Do you see the subtlety and difference there? Can you hear it? Can you hear that difference? Let me go back to that one more time. Okay? Let's again go to God's Word translation. Children, obey your parents because you are Christians. This is the right thing to do. Well, first of all, that's not very imperative. It's a much softer statement. Second of all, now what happens when your client says, oh, but we're not Christian? This, 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 this child of mine, this son of mine who's running around in the streets with these hooligans, he's not Christian. See, it doesn't have the same impact. So when you say to me, Professor Porterfield, what Bible should I use? You should use the Bible that works for you. Professor Porterfield, what Bible would it be best I used in relationship to the tradition and the history and the framework of hoodoo? Oh, that would be the King James Version of the Bible. Now, am I going to tell you 
that therefore I have never used direct passages out of the Tanakh? I mean, straight out of the Tanakh. I didn't go to King James. I went right to Torah and used it as it appears there. Of course I have, because that is powerful to me. I'm a Jew. That is part of my heart, part of my strength, and part of my foundation. But when an older worker, when an elder tells me, you use Psalm 17, you use Genesis 3, 4, you use this part of Revelation, you use that part of Matthew, I pick up the King James Version of the Bible so I will understand what they are telling me. So I can understand what the meaning was. So I can understand where it's coming from and where it's going, how it was and how it is, so that they have schooled me so no one can fool me. See, you've got to keep it to the root. By the same token, as we expand out into later years, and I'm not going to be here forever. I'm just one little link in the chain. Maybe someday in 10 or 20 years, because nothing on the Internet ever truly goes away, there might be somebody listening to this show 30 years from now even. And I would have to say to that person in the future, when they are told by that elder, who's not that old right now? That elder right now is in their 30s. Or that old traditional worker to use a particular piece of the Bible. The next thing out of your mouth should be, which Bible do you use, ma'am? Which Bible do you use, sir? That, at the end of the day, is the truest answer we've got here tonight. When that worker tells you, and you have that opportunity to speak to a living person, find out what version of the Bible they use because that's going to be the exact meaning they are using in their work. If you are looking at an older text, you're looking at something that's been written down, collected, or passed on by others, and you can't do that anymore, then you should assume that it is the King James version of the Bible. And I will say this. You can use anything to ill. You can take anything and twist it around. You can take anything and cherry pick it to make it look bad. I mean, you know, you can hunt and peck and choose and interpret on your own until you make anything wretched and wicked and filthy. And I encourage you not to scowl and turn up your nose at the King James Version of the Bible just because others have done that to it. Either those who promoted themselves as members of the clerisy, members of the clergy, or others who wish to knock it down. Take some time to go through it. Take some time to understand what it meant to the people who read it. Again, this comes back to our pontification. 
These things exist within a context. In other words, it's not just dry bones in a valley, but it is bones that have sinew and flesh and muscle. And so go and learn that as well as the bones. Up next, we're going to be going into the kitchen to talk a little bit about a particular queen. Oh, yes, indeed. You, know, you often find it used in Mississippi, even. Elizabeth Root, the other side of the coin, if you will. 
This is a fantastic and wonderful and fragrant root uh, that is held in great esteem by many people. And a lot of people simply, including myself, simply find it a pleasure to own the whole root. It can be used as a divinatory pendulum uh, in employed by spiritualists who read for clients, and also women and gay men use it to attract and draw male lovers. Some people claim that if one longs for good luck in love affairs, romance, marriage, and matters of passion, this is the route to get, and I have to back that up. It is superior in many ways to other love-drawing fetishes or amulets, and hence it has been known as the love root. But let's talk about a few ways that you can use it. You can use Queen Elizabeth root in a mojo to attract a man's love. It's said that Queen Elizabeth root will not work to attract women, but if you want a man's love, you may carry a whole root in a red flannel bag along with rosebuds, lavender, lodestone, spikenard, and other love curios, plus the name paper and hair of the man you are working on. You would dress this mojo with follow me boy oil, and you will charm the man whom you desire with your special winning ways. You can also use Queen Elizabeth root to draw a marriage proposal. Add powdered Queen Elizabeth root to your bath when you wish to get married, especially just prior to going out with or entertaining the man you love so that he will smell the fragrance of the root on your skin. And I have to tell you, it is a very, very, very pleasant fragrance. Indeed, at least it is to me as a man. It can also be used for a woman's power over a man. To do this, you would put a whole Queen Elizabeth root into a jar of water and pray over it. Allow it to soak for nine days, strain off the liquid, and add it to your bath to enhance your feminine power. To rule and control a man, take a moment while in this bath to collect your foot skin scrapings or toenail clippings and put them into the bottle with the Queen Elizabeth root. Top off the, the bottle with your own urine and let it sit for another nine days. Then you use this liquid very sparingly as an addition to the food or drink that you prepare for the man so he will become docile and stay under your feet. You can also use a Queen Elizabeth root to excite a man's love. To do this, you would sprinkle Queen Elizabeth root powder on your clothes and on the clothes worn by the man you love, and you will be able to produce strong love on his part. A little of the powder can also be mixed into his food or drink along with your menstrual blood or vaginal fluid or a trace of your urine, 
and it is said to attract the man's sexual interest. By that same token, you can also sprinkle Queen Elizabeth root powder into your bed when you know he's going to come to be with you in your bed, again, to intensify his arousal and his sexual interest. And then finally, as we mentioned at the top of this, you can make a pendulum for divination from a Queen Elizabeth root. Old-style mediums and spiritualist conjure workers would use a whole Queen Elizabeth root as a pendulum to determine the answer to a yes or no questions, as well as to diagnose illness. And I must say, many people know that I am a diviner. I like to use divining rods and pendulums, and I have had great success with the use of a Queen Elizabeth root as a pendulum. To prepare the pendulum, you may have to bore a small hole through it. Uh, you would do this at the narrow end of the root, or carve a groove around the narrow end to take the string. Recurring hole. Either way, the root is suspended from a red thread which is held in the hand, and its movements provide replies to your queries about the client's health, well-being, best future course of action, etc. And when it's not in use, you would keep it in a red flannel bag. So there are a few things that you can do with Queen Elizabeth Root. And she works in a certain potency along with John the Conqueror as well, but I will leave that for you to find out on your own. Our information comes for the In the Kitchen section each and every week, not only from our own knowledge, but also from the very excellent book, Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, A Materia Magica of African American Conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood, and we thank her, as always, for its use and inclusion in the show each and every week. Well, we have talked about quite a lot. Oh, yes, we have. But before we start to creep away, I want to talk to you about something else. That's right. By what else is that? Well, my friends, that is the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. That's right. The Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Don't you fret it and don't you sweat it. It's going to be happening again this very year, in fact. Now is the time to start getting ready for it. Did you know that right now early bird pre-registration begins? It's already going on. You can already get your tickets for the 2016 Hoodoo Heritage Festival. That's right. When is it? Why, May 14th and 15th, 2016. This is the ninth consecutive year. Let me stop. Let me stop and say that again. This is the ninth, baby, the ninth consecutive year that the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church 
will be sponsoring their annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival in Forestville, California. Why don't you come on out? You will be able to see and hear such luminaries there as Deacon Millette, Catherine Ironwood, Candelo Kimbisa, our own Beverly Smith, and many, many more. Oh, yeah, and what's his name? Professor Sloppy Joe, that guy, the one talking right now. He'll be there, too. Listen, until March 21st, you can still get in early bird special. So why not make plans right now to go out there and have a wonderful time? There's going to be discussions by Madam Pamita. There's going to be discussions by everybody you could ever imagine. Cast Excelsior, Candelo Cambisa, Michelle Jackson, our own wonderful Miss McHale, and so many more. David She, Beverly Jackson, Miss Robin, Andrea Weston, you name it. This is a powerhouse packed full of information and education and fun. So many bright, wonderful people. And if you happened to see last year, Perhaps you saw it here or there, YouTube, you were directed by a friend. The fantastic and amazing opening ceremony that was dedicated and centered around the ancestors, the real, living, true workers that were interviewed and that their information was written down by Reverend Harry Hyatt, they were honored in the opening ceremony last year by the wonderful and talented Kai Armand, Jamila Jones, and Andrea Weston. And they're going to be back this year with Jamila Jones, Andrea Weston, and Cast Excelsior, honoring those people again bringing those voices back to life. If you've ever said to yourself, oh, damn, I missed it. I wish I could have seen it. Now it's gone. It's time to come right back out. Be there or be square. You know you want to be there. Once again, that is the ninth annual 2016 Hoodoo Heritage Festival Hands-On Conjure Training Workshops, Saturday and Sunday, May 14th and 15th this year in beautiful Forestville, California. Oh, and by the way, they've brought me in to be Master of Ceremonies, so don't miss it. Well, folks, we've had a, a fine time tonight, and we've talked about a lot. And I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you will take to heart what we talked about in the pontification. And you will get out there and involve yourself in the world. Because the world involves itself in you. I hope that you will find yourself a Bible at last, finally, that you feel can work for you. And that you will go and look over there at the King James and see why it was used, for good or bad or otherwise, that you will see the meanings of those words, 
and that you will understand why those words were used with that work. So get yourself a copy of the King James Bible. And also, I hope that you'll take a little time in this coming week to check out more about that love root. Oh, the love root, Queen Elizabeth root. And find out all the wonderful workings you can do with it. Add it to your repertoire. Pay honor to the root. Let it talk to you. Check with your elders. Read up. Do your work right. And you won't go wrong. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So that's been it. I mean, I'd I'd like to go on. I mean, I could do another hour easy, you know. I mean, already got Dr. Love taking my time slot away from me with his fucking mirror shades and his shiny shark skin suit. But it's over. I mean, Miss Loretta and Johnny are off eating tuna puffs. Place is all quiet. News crew's not even here. I mean, I mean, this is it. Just me and Winston. This is... This is the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. I leave Fort Worth, Texas, and go to Texas, Canada, and double back to Fort Worth. I'm on down to Dallas to call Kitty. Coming through the territory in Kansas City And Kansas City, St. Louis And St. Louis, Chicago I'm on my way But I'm doing well Change cars On the TV Leaving Fort Worth, Texas Going to Dallas Hotel
a production of the LMC Radio Network. Bless their heart.